Welcome. This is Pastor Danny with Word of Faith Family Church in beautiful Lander, Wyoming. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. I pray you will be energized and strengthened as you listen to God's Word. I have a little video that I want to show you. How many of you know uh, it's been a very interesting election this year? And when things like this come along, we like to address them from the pulpit because it's like, okay, some of you might say, okay, well, what's, what's the future hold here? What's this look like? Well, I tell you, if you're born again, Jesus is your Lord and your trust is in him, your future is bright, I can guarantee you. Amen. Now, if your future is, if you're depending upon the world or our government to take care of you, um, you might want to rethink that. <laughs> because I tell you what, the, my Bible tells me that my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. He also gives the illustration of the, of the lilies of the field and the, the flowers and the, the birds of the air and how much more will he take care of us. And how many of you know they aren't regulated by the government? And uh, God says that we are even in a better place. Praise God. Amen. So some of you know who Dutch Sheets is, and uh, this video's a, a little bit lengthy, but uh, I couldn't say it better, some of the things that he says. Now, Dutch, you know, sometimes he's not a real exuberant type of speaker, but just uh, listen to what he's saying. I encourage you to do that, and uh, it was just really good, and I thought, you know, I, we just need to share that, and, and I, he can say what he says there in a shorter time than what I do, so... Got that video, let's go ahead and run that and then we'll get started on some things. Hello, thank you so much for joining me today. Forgive him 15. The title of our post today is simply the 2022 elections. Now, some of you know this is a few days It was 3 a.m. when okay. I began writing this post. It is now 4.30 a.m. Today's post will be a little shorter than usual. The final outcome is not yet known for all races in yesterday's elections. It looks like the Republicans will take control of the House, but not with as large a majority as they expected. The outcome in the Senate is still undetermined. Obviously, the Republicans did not see the red wave they and many pollsters believed was coming. Both parties are spinning the elections as a win. Republicans, because they took the House, it seems. The Democrats, because they avoided the red wave and possibly kept the Senate. Though the Senate has been tied at 50-50, they own the tiebreaker with Kamala Harris's vote. In reality, the outcome is a huge disappointment for Republicans and conservatives due to, due to their expectations going into last night. Having said this, the Republicans should now be, ab should now be able to stop some of the left's agenda, however. To what degree they can succeed in this will be determined by the final outcome in the Senate. What do I make of all this spiritually? Though I am disappointed, I am not as surprised as most conservatives. I did not have the confidence some held that a red wave was coming. I described my pre-election feelings as a cautious optimism. Though I obviously believe fully in the power of prayer, the power it releases does not force people to do things against their will. God won't make a person vote a certain way. Authority in prayer does stop or hinder demonic forces that influences people's thinking, that forces that influence people's thinking, and it does release heavenly influence to change people's minds. 
It does not, however, force this change. The changing of minds usually takes time. It's a process. Prayer releases spiritual power to generate and fuel this process. This means that where people's wills are concerned, our prayers release God's process of change, not a dictatorial forcing of it. In other words, God can't turn an election just because we ask him to any more than he can instantly change a person's mind simply because we ask. I am extremely glad that in this election we at least succeeded in slowing down the damage being done by dishonest, godless, inept leaders. I am thrilled that some unrighteous laws that would have been passed now will not. I rejoice that money which would have been spent for evil, for example, abortion, can be cut off. Much can be done to stop our nation's bleeding while God continues to expose evil, depravity, and lunacy. He will also continue to awaken our nation to its true condition and desperate need. America isn't yet desperate enough. The shaking will continue. How does what took place yesterday affect the awakening, the revival we speak of? It does not. Everything God has said he will do will be done. America shall be saved. God's heart is for harvest, the salvation of many, and he will have this. His intent is to extend the kingdom rule of his son, and he will do so. My faith for these things has never been in a political party or a person, only in God. Excuse me. He is going to give us the outpouring of his spirit we have interceded for. Then why do I become so engaged in government, in government issues and elections? Because government does matter for many things, including justice, morality, peace, protection, freedom, the reaping of blessings, life for babies, education, and much more. However, salvation and revival do not come from government. <coughs> Excuse me. This outpouring, this coming outpouring, will be the game changer. I have said for 30 years, there is no hope for America other than a third great awakening. No human effort or agency can save us. We are too far down the path of humanism, deception, immorality, secularism, and other evils. Sin, spiritual rebellion, separation from God greatly affect the mind producing not only deception, but also a loss of reason. It doesn't take a PhD to know babies should be protected. Lawlessness shouldn't be tolerated. Trillions of dollars of debt can't be sustained. Men can't have babies. Children's bodies shouldn't be mutilated. Open borders can't be sustained. Socialism can't succeed and on we could go. When people defy common sense by electing fools who believe these things, there is no hope of healing other than a change of mind which can only be produced by a reconnection to God. 
the salvation of millions of Americans is our only hope of survival. But this is coming. The coming awakening will create hunger for God's word of truth. It will write his laws in people's hearts and awaken their consciences. This will expose evil and awaken reason. Millions of salvations will cause a rewriting of laws and a reversing of others. It will strengthen love, protect families, and love for life, not death. Revival will be the game changer. And for the true rebirth of our nation, there is no other way. Keep praying. It is coming. Amen. Praise God. So there, now you're up on it. So one of the key things to always remember is God gave us all a will, a choice. He didn't make us a bunch of robots, but he gave us a will to choose. Mankind chooses all the time. Secondly, we live in a world that has a curse on it, and we understand that. A lot of people uh, have a hard time. They struggle. Well, why does bad things happen to good people? That's, that's an easy question to answer when you know that we live in a world with a curse. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but he says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so we know where it comes from. We know that, uh, uh, we know that uh, we're plainly told that all good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. He doesn't change, praise God. Amen? He doesn't take babies. He doesn't kill uh, uh, people. He doesn't need another flower and a rose in his garden so he takes people. I mean, I've heard it religiously. You give me scripture and verse for that. No, he's a giver of life, not the taker. Because of it, many people have a bad idea and a bad reflection of who God is. And they blame God for many things that the enemy done. And he's right there laughing about the enemy is. Well, look, they, 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 they believed a lie. But I'm telling you, when you know your father, that he's a good father, praise God. He knows that he said, in this world, you're going to have troubles. But be of good cheer. I've overcome them. He says, praise God. Amen. So he's our, he's, that's why we stay hooked up with him. That's why we stay plugged into the word of God. And that's why we, we stay in close communication and fellowship with our heavenly father. Praise God. I can tell you this, that for us... For the world, it will be a bleak time. But I'm telling you, when your hope and your trust is in him and God, I'm telling you, God can bring some of the biggest breakthroughs you've ever seen in your life. So don't you dare get discouraged. Where, where's your trust at? We walk by faith and not by sight. That being said, turn, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to get started right there, praise God. I'm so thankful that God says what he means, and he means what he says. Aren't you? Because his word is true and forever settled, praise God. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 5, and uh, let's look at verse 7. Now, let's, let's start at verse 1, so we can really understand and grasp what, what uh, the concept is. As we quote this scripture down in verse uh, 7, it says, For we live by faith and not by sight. But what is, what's the context of it? What's being said? Paul, we know, is talking to the church at Corinth. He starts in verse 1, For we know, and I'm going to read this out of the NIV, For we know that if our earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Oh, that should be exciting to us. Amen. Praise God. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. 
For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is, uh, is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what uh, is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Always know that. Well, you know, so where's our trust at? If our trust is in the body, is here, then we're really, our trust is not in God. For we live by faith and not by sight. Now you notice he put that right in the middle. He's talking about how we live. We groan here on this earth. The things that's going on in this earth. What's around us and what we deal with in this body. The situations. How many of you know life here on this earth can give some pretty hard blows? And uh, I know that many of you here in this room have felt them even of recent and, and I tell you what, look at, look at yourself in the mirror and see who's still standing, praise God. With God's help, you're here today. Amen. So we're away from the Lord, for we live by faith and not by sight. Sometimes it looks like, you know, when it, there, there's not a, a good feeling there. There's a feeling almost sometimes of helplessness, but by faith we know that he's our comforter, he's our helper, he's our standby. He's there to help us and encourage us and lift us up. Aren't you thankful for that? So, so we are confident, I say, Paul said this, and would prefer to be away from my body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And so we see that there is a, there's a job to do when we're here on this earth. Troubles are here. I mean, yeah, it'd be really good to say, you know, to say this morning, well, you know, you'll never have another problem here on this earth as long as you live here, praise God. It'll be a life of cherries, a bowl of cherries, praise God. All will be well. But all I'll be doing is blowing smoke because that's not the truth. We know clearly that as long as we're here on this earth, the trouble is going to come. But thank God we have already overcome because the overcomer lives in us. If you happen to be here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm, talking about, uh, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship, a true relationship with him, with God himself. He's our helper, praise God. Amen? And so when I make references to who we are in him, I'm talking about the person that has accepted him as their Lord and Savior, has him living in their heart, has the helper inside of them, praise God. He is our helper, amen? And so he helps us in this life where we have trouble, where we have problems. But we, right in the middle, as Paul very plainly says in here, for we live by faith and not by sight. For what's the, what's the sight? Or we could say by our natural senses. How many of you know uh, it's great when, when everything's going good? It's good, it's good. I, I mean, even in, you know, even in our, our lives as Christians, you know, we, we love it when the Spirit of God is moving in a powerful way. And it's, but how many of you know in the midst of that, that every day it's not going to be like that? And so it's the days when it's not that we continue to live by faith. We have to have the word hid in our heart. We have to know that regardless of what it looks like, that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen? And we have to know that he is with us. He's for us. He's our helper. He's going to, to, to be right there when we need him. He never abandons us. And so when we know that, then it's easy to, easier to say, Lord, you're with me in this. I'm going to walk by faith, regardless of what my feelings tell me, regardless of what it looks like in the natural. I mean, it looks like you might be going uh, uh, down the drain real quick, but praise God, when you look heavenward, you know that he's got your back. Amen. 
and it may not, we may not experience it just very quickly right off, but I'm telling you, just kind of like Dutch was saying, in time, it takes some time to change some things, to change people's thinkings, to change things around us. Now, aren't you thankful that we're growing and we're learning in God? Hallelujah. The things are changing in our life. You know, we can be our own worst critics sometimes, sometimes of, oh, man, I wish this was different. But I tell you, patience and just continue to stay in the Word of God and let God's principles and His Word be grounded in us and begin to grow us up into that place that God wants us to be. It doesn't happen overnight. Amen. I said it doesn't happen overnight. Many people get discouraged when, when problems come along. I've used this example before. I said you take, a, you take someone that's uh, in the boxing arena. You take someone that's maybe uh, um, a novice, somebody that hasn't uh, been boxing quite a while or maybe just don't have that attitude of the boxer and they get smacked around a little bit and their eyes start watering and they start bleeding a little bit and it's like, okay, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm done for it. But you take somebody that's really uh, uh, got it on the inside of them and really knows who they are and are confident about it. You smack somebody like that around and the blood starts running a little bit and the eyes start to water in a little bit and he shakes his hand and says, you want to fight? Let's go at it. There's a difference in attitude about it. And in this life, you and I as believers are going to get smacked around some. Well, there, there, there might be some skin left in the game, so to speak. There might be some blood flying, so to speak, around a little bit. But it's that that should stir on the inside of us and knows, if God be for me, who can be against me? I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer in him. I am a winner because he lives in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. It's not about feelings. It's not about what it looks like. It's not about what it feels like. It's about what we know is fact and is truth, praise God. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. In this world, the Bible tells us that we're going to have troubles. We're going to have trials. There's going to be problems that's going to come along. But what do we do with those problems? Do we crawl under a rock and hide and say, oh, I just want everything to go away? Well, guess what? It's not going to happen. And so the person that stands up in the middle of it and said, I'm just going to be tougher because of it. I'm going to be stronger because of it. Because I am who God called me to be. I am who God uh, is in me. The greater one does live in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so as we know that, as we begin to realize that regardless of what, whether we have an up day or a down day or a sideways day, it, it, we realize that that really isn't, doesn't depend anything. It doesn't mean anything. Let me ask you this. How many of you today have the, have the same feelings that you had yesterday in your life? Or maybe a day before or two days before? You remember when you've had up days, and you remember when you've had down days. How many of you know not every day is the same? We may feel one way one day and totally opposite the next day. What's that mean? Absolutely nothing. It's life. Problems are going to come. But how we handle that and how we deal with that is the key. Hallelujah. We can be and, 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 and carry on in life and be just as productive on a down day as an up day. Because our flesh, it loves feelings of, of, of good things. We love to be told, oh, we're loved and appreciated. But how many of you know sometimes there's people that don't do that? And it's just the opposite. They love throwing you under the bus, so to speak. But guess what? God doesn't want that to affect us either way. Hallelujah. I, matter of fact, sometimes I've learned in the past when people are speaking good of you is the time I kind of go on guard. Because I remember what happened to Jesus the day before he crucif was crucified. Oh, how wonderful he was and then what happened. But I'm telling you, we're winners. We're overcomers. Amen. 
And we're going to be overcomers this, the rest of this year and next year, praise God. We're going to continue as long as we keep our eyes on Him. But that's what's so important is to make time. I want to encourage you guys more than ever, make time to spend in your Word. Make time to spend with your Father, Heavenly Father. Make time fellowshipping with Him. Make time, regardless of what's going on around you, say, you know, it might look like things are going to hell in a handbasket, but I'm telling you, I'm going into my place of refuge. I think about Jesus, even whenever he heard of, of John uh, being beheaded. And you think about, as, a, as somebody being close as Jesus was to John, what the Bible say he do? He was a spiritual shock absorber, so to speak. He went out and spent time with his father and then began to minister to people. Right after that, he began to find people to minister to. He turned it around. for what, And he could have went and, 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 and said, don't mess with me. I want to be by myself. I, I, I don't want anybody around me. I want, but no, what did he do? He went around people and began to pour into people. He began to turn that around, what was meant to be to put him down or to get him, Jesus, discouraged, and he turned it around and began to minister to people, began to minister to their sick, began to bring encouragement to them, praise God. He is our example. What do we do? What, what, you know, you've heard the little saying, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, praise God. Amen? I mean, even, even the world has a little saying on something like that. But it's, it's what we do with what comes along. And, and through all the process of that, what do we do? We come out of it in a much better place. I think it's just really amazing and awesome about the people when they've had, maybe, for instance, maybe they have a, a, a family member, maybe a child of theirs or somebody or, or, or someone very close to them that was maybe uh, killed by a drunk driver. And so many of those, what do you see them doing? all of a sudden going around and having uh, conferences and begin to talk to people, begin to encourage people concerning that. You, you talk to people, you, you see people that, uh, 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 that even uh, uh, women that's had abortions, and then afterwards they go out and they begin to encourage those that have had them and say, you know, God loves you despite of it. And, and, and just things that the enemy has brought along how the people, when they take and turn it around, all of a sudden begin to be a, a strong voice and begin to have strength and begin to, uh, uh, to give out from that place of strength. And it, it's not a weakness in their life. It really has become a stronghold, a good place in their lives. So we walk by faith and not by sight. Turn your Bibles, if you would, please, to Hebrews 11th chapter. And, and, and we just see the importance of this, and we've... We've um, uh, looked at this many times before, but it's really, it just blesses me so much to see how much that faith catches God's uh, eye, how much that faith is so important to God, how much it, faith stands out to God, how he is looking for faith on the earth, because he brings out, we see through Scripture, different degrees of faith. We see where he brings out and makes mention no faith. And then we see him mention little faith. But then we see him talking about strong faith. Or maybe I've not seen so great faith. No, not in Israel. He's looking for faith because we know that faith pleases God. Amen. Well, what is faith? And, and we, we ministered that here a while back. As a matter of fact, we did camp meeting. And I want to encourage you if you, uh, uh, if you haven't for a while to go back into our archives of camp meeting and begin to pull those out and begin to listen to those again. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I think that was the best series we've ever did or best camp meeting we've ever had. It was, everybody was on the same page. It was just it was so powerful on the spirit of faith because... Uh, something that the Lord really put on my heart to bring out is that we don't look at it in the arena of just general faith, but that the spirit of faith is an attitude of faith. It's an attitude of confidence. 
It's an attitude of what God said, bless God, that's it. It settles it, period. Regardless of what I feel like, what it looks like, what it smells like or tastes like or anything else, we know that God's Word is final authority. And in today's time, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot less good feelings about following after God. It's much more about, God, what you said is still true regardless of what it looks like. Amen. And so if you found Hebrews 11th chapter, we know that the description um, here of faith is now faith is the substance. Everybody substance. Say substance. Substance. So faith has substance to it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we know it's not hope. It's different from hope. Hope is important to begin with, but as it begins to develop and mature, it gives way to faith or confidence. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And one translation says, now faith is the title deed to things hoped for. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. And then we begin to see, as we call this the hall of fame of faith. I, I just love it. And I would encourage you in your Bibles, if you would, take a highlighter, an underliner, or whatever, and begin to mark every scripture on there that starts out by faith. You'd be amazed at how many. And so we're going to hit some of those because we see that this is so important that God uh, made sure that we understand that we live a life by faith and not by sight. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, verse 2, or verse 3, by the, framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. By, uh, verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Verse um, 8, go down to verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he is going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promises. For he waited for the city which has, found, has founders, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 11, by faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. <laughs> Amen. And then verse, uh, verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, yet were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You think about that. These, these are people that went before us, and the, the majority of these that he's talking about concerning this, guess what? The Spirit of God hadn't been poured out upon the earth yet. The Holy Spirit wasn't upon the earth. They didn't have the witness on the inside. They was living under the law. It was it, just imagine trying to live a day on this earth without the help of the Holy Spirit, without him as our helper and our friend and our standby, our advocate. Our, our go-between, praise God. But these were people that were serving God from what they knew. They didn't have the presence of God. They didn't feel the presence of God. So there was a real walking by faith and not by feelings, wasn't there, in their lives. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Uh, verse 20, by faith, Isaac... Bless Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Verse 21, by faith Jacob, <coughs> excuse me, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worship leaning on the top of his staff. Verse 22, by faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Verse 20, 
um, uh, 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Verse 24, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Verse uh, 27, again, he by faith he forsook, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He was endured. Verse 29, uh, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as uh, as by dry land, wherein the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. How would you like to have been the one to cross that sea? How would you like to see the waters parted back and, 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 and uh, 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 Moses saying, come on, come on through, it's okay, and seeing the waters and the trust. By faith, you had to follow and know it was God, right? By faith, the walls of Jericho fell, verse 30 down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the Herod, uh, harlot uh, Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. And just go on and on and on. And so you see why we call this the Hall of Fame of Faith. Because it's, it brings mention of those. And they were not in as good a place as you and I are today. Sometimes we, we see things and we think, oh, it's so hard and so tough. And, and you know, people talk about when a wanting to live in some of those days. Uh, you might want to rethink that. That was a very gruesome time. It was, it was a tough time, a very hard time. And so much so that we see that there was great pains made to bring out the, those that uh, truly trusted God in the midst of, uh, of, uh, of a terrible situations to bring out. I'm not making light of things that happen here on earth today or things that's maybe happened in your life that's maybe hit really close to home, but I'm telling you what, it's the same God that delivered them that delivers us today. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen? And so by faith, we walk and we journey through life. By faith, when problems come along and hit you and, and, and you feel like you're not going to be able to stand, you stand strong, you undergird yourself and say, Lord, I'm standing in you. It's because of you, praise God. I am, and begin to declare out our mouth, not the problem, but declare the answer. See, that's why many people suffer loss and, and struggle so much. They don't know how to talk. They don't know how to think. They don't know how to act. You've got to talk faith. You've got to hack faith, praise God. You've got to live by faith. In, in other words, when I say the word faith, think of the word confidence. Put the word confidence in there. We talk with confidence. We talk by faith. By confidence, praise God. We walk by confidence. We act by confidence. We think by confidence in God himself. Not in ourselves, not in things, not in, 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 in principles, but on God's word, on God himself, praise God. So when problems come along, what are we going to do? Begin to speak the right things. Begin to speak what God says. Many people today, they begin to declare the problem. You hear them say, oh, I'm this and I'm that. And guess where they're living? In the problem. And so the problem just continues. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. It continues to come back. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's terrible. It's bad. Guess what? That's the way it's going to continue to be if you continue to speak like that. But when you begin to say, my God is for me, praise God. Who can be against me? I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Glory to God. Amen. Begin to speak and declare the strength of God himself. Begin to declare what God said, said, has said to us, and then what do we begin to have? We begin to have what we say. We begin to speak what we say. Uh, 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 we begin to speak what God's word says. So if we continue to say the negative, then we'll be living in the negative, and so we continue to speak the negative and live the negative. It's a vicious cycle. But when we begin to speak the word of God, then it begins to change situation because God's word is life. God's word is powerful, praise God. It's not your words, it's God's words. But when you put God's word in your mouth, it becomes your word from God. It becomes God's word through you, and God says, My words will not return unto me void, but will accomplish whereunto I send it. Amen. So it's powerful. 
You think about how powerful is it? Well, guess what? God created these, this world that we live in by the words of his mouth. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, and God said. How many times in there was it in God said, and he said it over and over and over again, and then at the very end it says, and God saw. He spoke it, and then it, he saw it begin to come to pass. When we speak God's word, it creates life. This world today is not going to fall apart regardless of what it looks like. Why? Because God's word is still holding it together. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad it's not a system that's holding it together? It's not a man that's holding it together, but it's God himself through his word because God and his word are one. Hallelujah. So regardless of what the situation looks around you, what has God's word said? Begin to find God's word on the situation. I think about Jesus when he went into the, uh, uh, went into the temple when his family came uh, to Jerusalem. All of a sudden they went back and they realized, well, hey, where's Jesus? He's not with us. They went back and they found him in the temple. And, in, and the Bible talks about how that, uh, uh, they were astounded at the, at, at, at the wisdom that he had because he gave himself to the word himself. But what did he do? He found himself, Jesus himself, found himself in Scripture. And he said, this day the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me. See, he found himself in Scripture and began to declare it. And what did he do? He began to walk out what he found himself in Scripture as was prophesied to him many years before. And so we have to begin to find out who we are in Scripture. We begin to find out, I'm, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've been made the very righteousness of God in him. I am valuable. I'm precious. I'm special. I'm important to God. Praise God. What happens if somebody says, well, you know, Kittry, you know, you know, you're not who I thought you might be. Whoopie-doo, it doesn't matter because you're made how God made you and you're valuable and precious in his sight. And God puts great things inside of us. Hallelujah. The people don't know anything about. And so we cannot go with what it looks like or what somebody says or don't say about us. I mean, it just, I, it just amazes me. I hear people say, well, so-and-so said this about me, and so-and-so. What are you doing listening to that? Stop it. You should be listening to things that's going to bring life, praise God. Even when they talk good about you, just stop it. It doesn't matter. What matters is what God has said about you. And he said, you and I are valuable and precious in his sight. God has a plan for us, a good plan, praise God. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what it looks like going on around us. I'm telling you, God has put great things in us. You know, there's times sometimes that you've got to kind of build a little cocoon to put yourself in. You just, and how do you do that? You go before God, you begin to worship God and begin to, push back the things of the world, and begin to spend time with the Father and begin to go into that place. It's kind of like under the shadow of the Most High. Kind of like under His wings, under His feathers, I'll dwell. Amen. It's a special place. So during camp meeting, we had, uh, Pastor Michael had the youth uh, begin to take some notes since they were in some of the services here. And uh, I've kept these because it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's precious of what some of our young people got. Some of these are our children, uh, even to, or at the time wasn't uh, youth, but the children are. I want you to listen to some of these. These, these, these are young people that's saying this. Hallelujah. Five things I learned. It says, never back down and trust in the Lord and what he's telling you. When you stay in the word, you walk in faith. It takes faith to please God. Some of my, it's hard to read a little bit, but that's okay. 
The spirit of faith is a bold faith. Um, walk in what God says, not in fear. Let the spirit of faith inside you lead. Don't bow to fear, for fear is the enemy's tool. God is with us in every situation. You shouldn't let fear shake your faith. Live and walk through life knowing you're protected by faith. Faith will take you far to far and high places in life. Fear holds you back and binds you. You can't go anywhere if you're always fearing the next step. Don't focus on the size of your issue. Faith doesn't. Faith doesn't see how difficult something is. Faith sees how to get you through it. God is always with us. There's no reason to feel alone. He will offer endless love and support if you're stirring in your faith. Now, this is young people writing this. Again, spirit of faith is a bold faith. It raises up and gets it done. <laughs> I like that. Hallelujah. No, no more going back. Faith goes, always moves forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So what's five things you learned today? Hallelujah. We live by faith and not by sight. Amen. So I, there's nothing better I would like than for everyone in this room when you leave here today that it really gets on the inside of you when a problem comes along that you say, whoopee-doo, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going through this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. You can knock that wall down, jump over it, whatever it takes. I think about, you know, many times, and I've made reference to this before a lot, but, I mean, you just think of something, a scripture that so many people know, and it brings such a comfort through, is Psalms 23. But what's that psalm saying? Yea, though I walk through. Oh, that's good to walk through it, but what's around you? The valley of the shadow of death. It's all around you, but you're walking through it. And then the next good thing about it is that you're going to have a picnic right in the middle of it in green pastures. <laughs> valley of shadow of death, right? Ah, it's all around us, but we're going to have a picnic right here. Praise God. <laughs> is that kind of a picture of kind of like what it's like out there right now? You know, you got it all around you, but praise God, we're going we're gonna to have a picnic, praise God. Amen. We might even dance a little bit, shout a little bit, glory to God. Hallelujah, get a little bit loud, that's okay, because we're going to, and everybody's saying, what, uh, what in the world? Do you know what's going on around here? Yeah, but my, I, don't, I live in the world, but I'm not of it, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Body, flesh, line up, praise God. Get in line here. Get in line. I don't want to worship God. Well, guess what? We're going to do it. Amen. Grab the reach back and grab that old flesh by the collar of the neck sometimes and yank the slack out of it and say, come on, let's worship God. Praise God. We're going to spend some time together in the presence of God today. We're going to get into our word. We're going to read the Bible, praise God, and it's going to bring life to us. Hallelujah. Faith comes how? By hearing, 
and hearing by the word of God. Really, it says, for faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Hearing and 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 hearing. And hearing and hearing and hearing. And hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing some more. And hearing and hearing and hearing. You see, it's continually. Faith can't be stored up. Some people, sometimes you might find yourself living, trying to live by faith today on last week's faith message. Faith, the confidence that you had last week. Well, what's come along in a week's time? A lot to chip away at that confidence. A lot to drag you down. A lot of what people have said. A lot of what you've heard around you. A lot of what you've saw on TV or around. Sometimes you've got to turn that thing off. Watch what you're watching, listening to. Listen. Watch who you're listening to. Watch what friends you're running with. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Michael did a great job just recently ministering about that. Like I said, the big thing I got out of that message was sometimes you need to change friends. Get you some new friends, praise God. People that encourage you, help you. Hallelujah. I mean, I, I know for a fact sometimes the only word that people get is when they come to church on Sunday. I pray that's not you. Every day, praise God. I can just give you what we're in a corporate setting right here. This is, this is different than when you're reading your Bible at home and, and, and spending time individually with the Lord, which is very, very vital. It's important to do that. But then we get to come together in a corporate setting where there's a corporate anointing in here. Thank you, Lord. And it's different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know the enemy meant to take you out in the things of God, to bring division in your marriage, that was his plan. But they got interrupted. Because there was people praying. And because of saying things that had already been set in motion. So the enemy lost. Doesn't mean he won't try again, but now you know the victory. And you know how to stand against it. But I'm here to tell you today you haven't seen nothing yet. You haven't seen nothing yet. Regardless of what happened in your lives individually before, your latter will be much better than your former. Because now it's grounded more in God than it ever was. So just rejoice. Regardless of what comes along, just give a shout. Hallelujah. I'm a winner. Praise God. And we're going over. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's been a joy having you with us today. We pray you've been blessed by spending the time in God's Word. Always remember, you're valuable and precious, special and important to Him.